0: Hello, and welcome to the Grove Church Podcast. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there, and we are so glad that you're joining us. Whether you are a member and you're just catching up on a sermon that you missed, or you're someone who's brand new, we are really glad that you are joining us. And if you are new in some way, and I know that a lot of people will do that, will listen to sermons first before they visit, I want you to know that we would love to meet you at any point. You can join us live in our services on Sunday, nine and 1030, or our streaming service at 1030. Either way, we would love to be able to get to know you. And regardless of why you are here uh, listening to this sermon today, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, good morning. Hey, if you are new, uh, I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor here, and I'm glad that you're here. Glad all of you are here, whether you're in the room or online. As I think about the impact that we have, I think about like the big thing that we're doing. And really the big thing that we're doing is we're introducing people to Jesus. That is the most important thing that we do. And the multiplying effect is we get to send people out and impact other ministries that are introducing other people to Jesus. And we kind of have this multi-layered effect of that. And, and when I think about, okay, we're going to introduce people to Jesus and what he did. There's a passage and a story in particular. If you were to ask me, like What is the best story or best little short amount of verses that really help describe who this Jesus is? This story, this miracle is always at the top of my list. And it's when Jesus calms the storm. Mark chapter 4, starting verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were, other, there were, there were also other boats with him. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. There's some of that story that I feel like that is implied there that may get a little lost on us. They're out there in this boat and they're traveling across this lake, right? And and all of a sudden this huge storm comes up. Well, that should be a little bit terrifying because these are experienced fishermen, people who knew weather. People who knew fishing and would never get out on a boat if they knew that a storm was coming. So this, the suddenness and the intensity of the storm was a huge surprise. If it had been obvious that it was about to rain or have that big of a storm, they never would have gone out. Have you ever, ever been out Farmers are like this. Fishermen are like this. They just know weather. You ever been around somebody like, that just knows weather like in a really weird way? Like if, so my wife, she grew up on a farm. It's, it's this is the weirdest thing. This was a few years ago. We were at Eureka Springs looking at the, uh, the, the big Jesus statue there. And we're slowly walking back to the car, and Heidi just kind of stops and gets this real panic look on her face. She's like, listen, everybody, it is about to come down pouring rain in five seconds. And then she takes off running to the car. And the four of us are like, Okay, mom's insane. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. One of us was dry and the rest of us got dumped on. And it's like, and I said, What was that? Like, Could you not smell it? Okay, no. I don't, okay. <laughs> and so this is a terrifying thing. This was a completely, totally unexpected storm. They, they couldn't see any signs of it. And all of a sudden, this huge storm comes up. And they have navigated storms before they've been doing this their whole life. They grew up generations doing this. And they are terrified. And probably for the, like, we're, this is so bad, we're going to drown and so this is this is not just woo and it's kind of raining and and it's the it's flooding in there and imagine this Jesus is asleep He's not he's not this is not some yacht and he's down underneath in one of the bedrooms he is getting swamped with water He probably started out in a dry boat and now he's like you know he's he's floating on top here and he's still asleep And this picture of how just human Jesus is, how exhausted he is, and the first thing we understand about who Jesus is, he is fully human because he slept through that storm. I think we imagine sometimes Jesus is like, he's he's only a superhuman. But this guy, he was so exhausted that the storm of the century that was scaring These highly experienced people, he He stayed asleep. You ever been that tired? I I apparently have been this tired. I don't really remember this story very well because most of it happened while I was asleep. We had been in Ukraine for six weeks. My wife and I had been. We'd been married about a year. And we got back, and it was a really hard, exhausting six weeks. The trip back had all sorts of challenges and struggles. It was one of those things like... I'd gotten sick, and it was just—it was just bad. And we finally got into this place in Chicago, kind of a hotel where we were able to stay for a couple of days to kind of call debriefing, to kind of talk to people about their experience. And Heidi goes and takes a shower first, and I just kind of lay on top of the bed, and I fall asleep. And Heidi comes in, she starts talking to me. I don't respond to her. She says, "Charlie, are you awake?" I don't respond to her. Starts to get a little nervous. It's been a long trip, and she's thinking to herself. She tells me this. I was thinking to myself, we—we we, we went through a whole lot just for you to come back here and die, and so. And so she starts yelling, "Charlie, Charlie, Charlie!" Nothing. Again, I'm I'm only telling, I don't know this story. I'm just repeating back to you what theoretically happened. Then she says she got on the bed and started shaking me. Nothing happened. Then apparently she sat on my chest, is grabbing me by the shoulders, yelling my name. And after a few seconds of this, I kind of go, "What?" Not having no idea what the last 90 seconds of fear that she'd had. I've been that tired. And so is Jesus. And we saw last week, we see a Jesus that understands grief. We see a Jesus that understands frustration. We see a a, a Jesus who who understands disappointment. We see a Jesus before the cross, Jesus understands fear. When we say that Jesus is human, like you say, oh man, that is a really human moment. Sometimes we mean that as an insult. But Jesus being human, it is not an insult. It is a highly relatable person who gets it, who understands your struggles. You can connect with him. And in addition to that, I want you to understand the level of sacrifice. So, if if he's, He's the son of God up here. To move from here to down here in this moment, to be in a place where you are you understand hunger and and exhaustion. We think about the sacrifice of Jesus' last weekend and what he experienced on the cross. And that was obviously a huge sacrifice. It allows us, it's what allows us to have a relationship with God, his sacrifice for us. But it, it started in the sacrifice even to come down here to live as one of us and not in a fake way but in a real way. And so we need to appreciate this Jesus who, is, who we really can connect with, who we really can understand and understands us and has sacrificed so much for us. But that's not the only picture that we get here of Jesus. That's not the only thing that happens because this same Jesus that is so tired that he can sleep in a giant pool of water, he can sleep in this pool of water and not even wake up. This same Jesus, they finally get him up, finally get him up. Like, you don't even care. We're all about to die here. You know, maybe I just imagine him kind of like, oh, wiping out the eye crusties. I guess I don't know if Jesus had allergies or not. I mean, he's like, oh, quiet. And the storm stops. Now, if you grew up in church, you've heard this story before, or even if you heard it a few weeks ago when Mark referenced it doesn't really have the same wow factor, you know, especially if you think, well, no, Jesus, Jesus can do anything. So maybe some of the wow factor of that moment and that impact gets a little lost on us, but it was not lost on the disciples. The disciples knew, or at least they thought they knew who Jesus was. He's Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's going to save us. He can do miracles. He can heal people. He can, he can do all sorts of things like that. He's He's a really great guy. He's a great teacher. He's a prophet. He's sent from God. But there was something about this moment that was like it made them scared what they saw. Who is this that can, by his very word, calm a storm? Jesus, he is fully human. He slept through the storm, he's fully God. He stopped that same storm. They had a really high view of Jesus. And this was a major level up for them. We thought we knew who he was. We had a category for prophet who can, who can heal. Smart rabbi who has compassion and can do these kind of miracles. I mean, like they had a high view of him, right? Prophet from God can do miracles. And they saw this and were like, Whoa. There appears to be no limit to his power. And a little bit, they were scared. Reasonable. We can judge them if we want. Very reasonable. You see a dude say stop and a storm stops. That's a big deal. And they realize that the person that they're running with is a little bit bigger, a little more significant maybe than they even realize. And again, they had a pretty high view of who Jesus was. And I want you to have a higher view of who Jesus is. Because you put both of these pieces together and there is no problem that is outside of the reach of Jesus Christ. We talked about this last week with him raising Lazarus from the dead. The biggest problem, the biggest thing, sin, death. No one can overcome death. The guy who can speak words... Make a storm stop? The guy who can raise Lazarus from the dead? The man who came back from the dead himself? He has the power over the worst things these, that this world throws at us. Sin and death. He is the conqueror of death. He is the conqueror of all of it. There is nothing that you experience that God does not have the power to help you overcome. It may not be right now. It may be a little bit later. Talk about this. Sometimes you've got to wait may not be until the next life. But this Jesus that I trust in fully has the power to help me overcome anything. And because he is human, because he has been where you are, he has experienced the worst things that life has to throw out. He's incredibly relatable. There's also nothing too mundane for him. Well, I'm just a little anxious. I'm just a little upset. I'm just, I'm just a little hungry. I'm just a little tired. That's, that's too trivial. for. It's not too trivial. He gets, it's one of the reasons why I came. So that you would have an advocate who gets you. So there's nothing too big he can't handle. There's nothing too mundane that he doesn't understand. And while I totally understand why the disciples would respond in fear, and and honestly, if we had seen it live, we'd be right there with them. But having the perspective of time and a little bit of distance and a little bit of reflection, let's have a different response. Because he is fully human where he can sleep through a storm and fully God where he can stop that storm. This Jesus is fully worthy of our worship. There is no sacrifice too big that he is not worth. There's nothing nothing that that if he wanted, I shouldn't give to him because of who he is. You add to that not only who he is, but what he has done. Yes, I give him my life. I give him my time. I give him my stuff. Whatever he requires, whatever he asks for, I give to him. He's worthy of it. And so I know that we come here to church very often and we get life advice, we get some really practical wisdom about how to manage kind of the struggles that life has or some help in marriage or some help with our finances and these kinds of things, kind of practical life tips or wisdom. But I think it is also important to move beyond that, that Jesus and what he has to say and what the life and the influence that he wants to have in our life is beyond just, I want to help you a little bit. This is the Son of God who sacrificed himself in multiple ways in order to restore you back to him. And it is our natural act of worship to give our lives to him. And so I hope that in a real tangible way, that in your heart, Jesus and his importance to you and in your life, we can have a level up moment where who he is to me and what I know he can and will do for me increases and that our response to that will be more worship. So we're about to have some time of singing. I encourage you to sing. I encourage you to stand. I encourage you to kneel, I encourage you to bow your head, whatever position. In the back, you can pray. There's pray. You can pray at the cross. There's prayer candles back there. You can take communion. There's people that can pray with you. There's lots of ways that we can respond, but let us respond to this Jesus who is so much greater and complex and so much more worthy of our worship than we realize. Let's respond to this Jesus with our worship. Let me pray. Thanks again for joining us on our sermon podcast. And you can learn more about us at thegrovechurch.org. And if you go to thegrovechurch.org connect, there's a form you could fill out. Just let us know that you've been listening. And if you want to dig deeper on some of these topics that we cover in our sermon podcasts, or just in other issues of dealing with culture or theology, those kinds of things, uh, you can check out our Cultivate podcast. It's on the same feed, um, however you found this particular podcast. So again, this is Charlie, the lead pastor at The Grove, and thank you so much for joining us.